0: Welcome back, everyone, to the next episode of our podcast. Uh, this is episode six, and today we are talking about the power of positive self-talk. And um, I have a really special guest. It is my brother. Say hello.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: <laughs> um, good, Emma. Uh, and he is a CrossFit coach in Oklahoma. How long have you been coaching now?
1: I've officially been coaching for one year.
0: It's been a year. It's been a year. That's that's awesome. I didn't know that. Congratulations.
1: Yep. yep, I did my circ uh the weekend after eighteen point
0: four. So Oh, well there you go. Um and you're also I know this is like your normal job, but you're also a pastor. Uh, yes. And you've Gosh. How long have you been doing that?
1: Twelve years.
0: I was gonna say ten. All right, not too far off. Yep. Um so I'm going to brag on him. I feel like he's an incredible coach, super knowledgeable. And I feel like, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is probably a topic, you know, whether it's self-talk like in life in general or in the gym that you probably deal with often.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Uh, Yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, no, that was it.
0: (laughs) That's it. That's all. Um, So I kind of just wanted to dive into – I don't know what I see as a coach, uh, how I think this could help people, not just in the gym, but in life. I feel like this is one of those skills, uh, that you develop in the gym that people are like, this is life changing, not just in the gym, but outside of the gym. Yeah. Um, so I just, I kind of wanted to dive into that. Do you, I mean, over the last year, would you say the majority of your athletes like come in and tend to have a habit of negative self-talk. Cause I feel like that's what I find.
1: Yeah. Honestly, it's pretty 50, 50 for us. I feel like, Okay. um, I can think of a few athletes. We have a, uh, we have an athlete in our gym right now, since it's the open season, we'll just kind of go along these lines who has been doing CrossFit for, I think two years now and was fairly athletic when she started. Um, she's actually, uh, one of our coaches now as well. Uh, but she is sitting at the number three spot in Oklahoma currently in the open. Um, and Brooke Wells is in the number one spot. And so.
0: That's uh, crazy. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is. Um, and you know, it's funny for her, um, there was this big turning point, um, Not that long ago, actually. I think maybe two months ago. Um, She's always been a good athlete, but there were definitely a few skills that she just wasn't able to do. Things like muscle up, some of the more advanced skills. All her Olympic lifts are really clean, really good. Um, To the point of our head coach, uh, Zach Zuspin, who's a um, level three, been in the CrossFit game for a long time, um, would tell her to go...
0: I'm going to stop yes. you. Where do you coach? I didn't even mention that.
1: That's fine. I coach for uh, CrossFit Complete Edmond. We're one of the complete uh, gyms. We've got three locations in the Oklahoma City area. Um, so it's pretty fun.
0: Okay. L- just a little plug there. You know, if anyone's yeah. ever in Oklahoma,
1: <laughs> yeah, come, come visit Check one of out. our locations. Yeah. Come visit one of our locations. We've got Edmond, Midwest City, and Yukon. So
0: cool. Lots of okay. Places. Sorry. Back to. <laughs>
1: No, it's good. Um, so he would tell her to actually um, not be so perfect when she lifted. Um, yeah. You know, to just go faster. But all that being said, um, she would just have in her mind that there were certain things that she couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And this year at the Granite Games qualifier, um, her team actually qualified. Uh, they won and are going to the Granite Games. That's about so a cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, but... Um, she just decided that she was going to stay in her, um, space in the last workout. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was going to be them or another team that was going to win. And the other team took off super fast and was pretty far ahead of their team. Um, and she was anchoring the team. So she was the third leg of this three cycle Mm reel. And, uh, man, she just caught up all three rounds and they went on to win and so that was kind of that moment for her that just clicked and was like oh I can I can do all of this stuff. like
0: I am good yeah yeah
1: and um muscle-ups came I think a week later for her um you know she just crushed 19.4 today so oh, I'm sure <laughs> we see that a lot um definitely see that a lot and we see that a lot with our um we do um boot camps at our gym as well so it's kind of our uh sneaky way to get people into crossfit
0: yeah uh,
1: some people are a little afraid of the the word CrossFit. The word. <laughs> yeah. so we offer boot camps and uh it's funny you'll see um all of these people come in and they'll come in while a crossfit class is going on and their boot camp class is next and they'll look around and think i i can't do this there's no yeah. way and then you kind of warm them up in that boot camp which is It's CrossFit, minus barbells. (laughs) It's all the exact same movements, exact same intensity, Uh, and so at the end of that six-week period, you can see the light bulb start to come on, and they start to think, okay, maybe I can do this, and it's always an interesting journey. To see, because usually that's that's how it goes for everybody. They they walk into the gym for the first time, like ah, oh, there's no way, yeah, I could do this. But fast forward six months, a year, two years, you've got people just crushing it, crushing it, um, and it's because they realize that they're actually capable of it. Um, so I think it's really important.
0: I think I think it's funny that you brought up, you know, that you have an athlete that just kind of had this switch because I was reading a a CrossFit journal article and it was talking about coaching the mental side of fitness and it brought up like this huge discussion of if you talk with most elite athletes like just in general they tend to be really optimistic like Mm -hmm. whether in the gym or outside of the gym like most of the time and granted you have your exceptions like in everything but they were saying you know most of the games athletes that they interview or or talk to or have coached like in general inside and outside of the gym are just incredibly optimistic and like have this constant like motivational positive self-talk where you know even if they're having like a really bad day like they might recognize it but but then they don't like fester in it right like they're just Optimistic about it. So instead of being like, oh my gosh, I sucked and I can't believe how bad I did in that workout and I, it was just horrible. Like they'll, they'll be upset about it, right? Cause they're competitive. But it was saying that they just have this like mental shift where like they take it and they own it and then they're like, okay, like what's the positive I can pull out of this? And I found that so interesting because I always thought, you know, really successful athletes might be a little harder on themselves.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. We were actually just talking about this last night in our gym, and I don't have the medical study to talk about it, so this is completely void and hearsay, <laughs> but, um, you know, we all have those movements in CrossFit that we just don't like doing, or we yeah. feel like they're not our movements, and so for, you know, 99% of us, it's like thrusters or, you know, burpees burpees, or <laughs> something. Um, And uh, we were talking about it and uh, one of the coaches was like, yeah, I just read a thing today about how important it is to whether you like a movement or not, when you get done with it, say, Oh man, that was so much fun for me. And the reason is when you do that movement, there's synapses forming in your brain, not only uh, that fire all of the muscle recruitment and everything like that, but also that give you your mental perspective every Mm -hmm. time that movement comes back up. And so, you know, for me, I hate thrusters with a passion. They destroy me every time. Um, And I always say, oh, my gosh, I hate thrusters. These are awful. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, this is great. I love this.
0: Yes, Um, yeah.
1: You know, which is funny. Do I love it? No. But if I say that enough, I might actually believe it. Yeah. Um, So I think it goes along with that whole thing. of I don't know if anybody's ever heard this listening, but um, in the middle of a workout when you just feel like you're dying, just smile. And it actually will make it better for you.
0: No, that's funny because I remember you came and you coached at our gym as a guest when you you guys were in town. And I remember hearing you say that. And I was like, that makes so much sense. Because I know there are times in workouts where, like, I'll just be like, this is ridiculous. And for some reason, I'll just start laughing like a weirdo. (laughs) But it makes it so much easier in a sense. Like, there's... There's so much to that, and it's funny because I, I don't know, I've been on this huge kick about positive self-talk, and for 19.1, like, those were my, literally, those were my two worst movements. Mm. Uh, I I personally hate wall balls more than thrusters because I always hit myself in the face with a wall, (laughs) and rowing, I'm just not particularly good at it, and I remember doing it the first time. And I walked up to the wall ball and I like screamed it out loud. I was like, I hate wall balls. And like, there were a bunch of people in the gym. They like looked at me. And then I got on the rower and I was like, You just shot yourself in the foot for saying that. And so I went back. Like, when I finished rowing, I went back and I was like, You know what? Actually, I love wall balls. I love wall balls. And people probably thought I was crazy because I was saying all this out loud. But there was, and it was like monetary and I need to do it more often, but there was like a little bit of a mental shift instead of being like, I hate this. This is awful. Because um, yeah, it might feel that way out loud. Like, actually, I love them. I love wall balls. There was a, it wasn't perfect, right? And, but there was a little bit of a mental shift of like, you, you're okay. You're not dying. And maybe someday you will love them.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Maybe it will be all right. But I – Oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I, okay. uh, yeah I, think, I think it's so important. Just our, our mental – the mental game, of especially something like CrossFit, is so important because at the end of the day, yes, you're limited to some degree by your physical abilities and things like that. But, I mean, most of it happens between the ears. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever whatever you think or believe that you can do – that's probably what you're going to do. Um, so if you go in thinking there's no way I can accomplish this workout or there's no way I can make this new max lift or whatever that is, then you're absolutely right. You're not going to make it. Yeah. Um, which is why I think it's so funny. A lot of times we'll, we'll max out on stuff and we just won't tell somebody what's on the barbell just because, <laughs> you know, it's better that way. They'll lift it and go, Huh, oh, how much was that? And, you know, it's a 10-pound PR for them.
0: Yeah, and they um, have no idea.
1: Yeah, simply because they haven't talked themselves out of it.
0: Mm -hmm. I tell people that all the time, like when we're going for one rep maxes, because I'll see them, they'll sit there and they start counting, you know, plates and adding numbers. And I'm like, whoa, 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 stop, stop counting. Like, just lift it. How does it feel? How are you feeling? Like, you're feeling good today and it feels good. You don't need to count. You don't need to sit there and, oh, this is my old one rep max. Or this is five pounds over. Because then they start to get in their head. And then they're like, oh, but last time it was so heavy and I remember I almost failed. And they start this cycle of, of negative self-talk, whether they realize it's negative or not. That was something else I've learned recently is like wording things in the positive tense because you'll hear people a lot be like, oh, I just want to do this workout and not die. And, and I, don't, I don't know if it was a study. Again, I read it in a uh, CrossFit journal article but it was saying that when you say things in the negative tense um your subconscious will will be like that's what's going to happen so if and I talked about this a little bit last week but you know if you say I want to do this workout and not die your brain is going to switch over and be like you're going to die it's going to be awful like it's this weird and they explained it all sciencey but it's this weird thing that your brain does and I don't think people realize that like, I'm one of those people. Like I talk that way. Like, I'm like, I just don't want to, you know, kick up in a handstand and fall on my head. But then subconsciously what they said is your brain will turn that into, you know, if you if you kick up into a handstand, you're going to fall on your head. Yeah. So it's this, I'm kind of, that's not, you know, all the time, but it's this weird form of negative self-talk that I don't think people always realize that they're doing. Sure. Um, so that's that's been another thing is trying to think about even if I'm joking around or, you know, trying to have fun with something that I dread, like making sure I try and even when I do my self talk that it's in like the positive tense and just rewording it of like, you know, I want to safely kick up into a handstand and hold it for 10 seconds versus I want to. Kick up in a handstand, not fall on my head, and hold it for 10 seconds. It's just taking out that negative part of it. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think that's good.
0: But I did. I I found this interesting, and I I thought, you know, because I know you guys have, like, a million gym members. And so I was going to get your opinion on it. I read this uh, study on positive self-talk from Oxford. and, And I didn't know this. I feel like I should, but I guess there's like two main ways of positive self-talk and one is instructional, um, which they say is like good when you're learning or when you're doing something specific, like lifting. Right. So you're saying you're, you're doing this self-talk that's it's positive, but it's instructional. So it's very detailed. You know, it's like, I got to push my knees out or I'm going to uh, have a tall chest. Um, So you're like instructing yourself to do something. Versus motivational, which is, you know, like, I've, I've got this lift, I'm going to do good, I'm going to get three rounds, I'm going to get under 10 minutes. And they were saying that's really good for endurance and like increasing effort. But a lot of people don't realize that they're, they're two different things. And so sometimes, like they talked about it, breaking it down in like the skills of positive self talk, where instructional self talk is really good for like, beginners. Because most beginners are already motivated. Yeah. Um, and then motivational is good a lot of times for your experienced athletes that want to push themselves that extra mile. But sometimes they get stuck in the habit of instructing themselves. So, you know, I don't know if you've ever, like, well, I'm sure you have. If you notice, you know, you'll get athletes that in the middle of a workout will, like, stop and try and break down form. Or they're, like, they're, like, overthinking. Yeah. what they're doing but they're like but I'm I'm doing this positive self-talk and I, do you ever see that where they just kind of stop and they like overanalyze and it's like no like that's not where you should be at right now.
1: Yeah, I've definitely seen it before not with a ton of our athletes but definitely some of our more advanced athletes. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll you can see they're thinking about every lift which is great obviously. Mm, right. Um, but in the confines of a of a workout, let's say like uh, Isabel, where you're doing, you know, 30 snatches for time, oh, um, it's not really heavy enough for you to need to think about all of that. Mm-hmm. You just need to go. Um, uh, but then I think going back to that, it's really important to realize where you're at as an athlete. So, yeah, or for me today, let's just take 19.4, for example. Um, it went well for me. It went good, but not as well as I'd hoped. So I got one muscle-up in the second round of muscle-ups.
0: That's uh, good. Before I hit the
1: time cap. But the issue was my muscle-ups didn't fail. It was my snatches. So a 95-pound snatch for me is not heavy, but it's not light at the same time. And so without realizing it, I muscle-snatched the whole first round. Oh, no and pretty much blew out my shoulders and had to go to triplets in the next two rounds, which were, you know, not at all what I should have been doing. I should have been catching it in a good power position and standing. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think, uh, I think it just depends where you're at. Um, knowing, okay, this is what needs to happen. Um, and working it positively. And then when it's go time going,
0: Yeah, I, and that's, that's what I just found so interesting was that i just, I think I always kind of like meshed them together. Yeah. Like I was like, positive self-talk is just positive self-talk, but thinking about like, where, where are you and what are you doing should define how you talk to yourself to get a specific result. Yeah. Like, I just, I never thought about it that way. Like, you know, for instance, Like if I'm going for a one rep max, like instructional positive self-talk is probably the best thing I can do for myself. Mm -hmm. But I I just, I don't know. I never thought about it that way. So I found it interesting because I feel like I normally just end up doing like motivational self-talk. Like you can do it and you've got it. Or like you have one more round in you or, you know, push harder. You just have 30 seconds left. Like you can do it. Um, So that was random, but I, I just, I never knew that they broke it down into like two different subsections, but they say like really good coaches and really good athletes, like understand how to break it down and how to apply it to where they are. Like you just said.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that's good. And, you know, as a coach, you know, you mentioned that, but for anybody else that, you know, is coaching or whatever, you want Mm -hmm. to make sure you're doing both with your athletes. So, you know, we're not talking about positive self-talk. We're just talking about being encouraging to our athletes, you know, correct what needs to be corrected Um, but then when they're in the middle of a workout and they're dying, they're probably not going to be able to change the position of how far they're driving their knees out in their front squat.
0: Um,
1: they just need to be told way to go. You can do it. Keep moving. Um, because we're not going to correct stuff under the confines of intensity.
0: Well, no. And I think that comes into, you know, why CrossFit is, you know, all about threshold training. Yeah. Because you're, you're, that's the point you're training to that threshold. We, You know, hopefully you should be every time. And there's going to be a margin of error every time you train to that threshold. So, like you said, you're not really going to look at that athlete and and be like, I need you to do this specific thing right now in the middle of this workout when they're dying. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I was going to ask you kind of what your theory was. Why do you think that so many people come into the gym most of the time like with negative self-talk because I, I feel like like we have athletes that come into the gym and as a coach it's basically my job to do the positive self-talk for them and then mm-hmm. eventually I see them grow into it where they're more than capable to do it for themselves and of course I'll keep doing it for them but I feel like it's just this progression I see, but sometimes I wonder like, why is it more of like a self-confidence thing? Is it because CrossFit is scary? Is it because it's new?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think more often than not, it probably has to do with some level of self-confidence and mm-hmm. then also, you know, just what we said for some individuals, you know, CrossFit's scary because all they've seen is the games on TV, which right. is, you know, Yes, that's part of CrossFit, but that is a very marginal part, you know. Yeah, well,
0: um, side note, it's like the NFL versus like yeah. going and playing football at the park. <laughs>
1: like, exactly. We're exactly. not all
0: the NFL over here. Most of us are playing football in the park.
1: Exactly. So if you were to step on, you know, to an NFL team and step out on the field, you're probably going to have those thoughts of, this is probably not going to go well for me.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, versus going and playing some flag football at the park with your friends This is going to be fun. And I think that that's probably the difference in a lot of gyms. Mm -hmm. Um, Or somebody just thinks they don't have the know how to get themselves fit. Um, You know, let's take CrossFit out of the equation for a minute and just step into any traditional gym. You know, people go in and kind of wander around a little bit and think, well, this really isn't going to make a difference. And then, you know, not come back. And that's why they. Show up January first through the seventeenth, and then don't you know, go done. back the rest of the year. Yeah, um, which I think is the beauty of CrossFit is you never have to worry about it. You just show up and do what you're told to do.
0: That's <laughs> so true, and I get uh, that a lot. I mean, that's a total side note, but I get a lot of people that are like, "I come here because I don't know what to do at the gym." Yeah. Um, but I, I think, I think the other thing I see, which I kind of just want to harp on this for coaches, cause if any coaches are listening out there, but I get a lot of athletes that in the middle of the workout just start to get in their head and like break down. Yeah. And I, like, I always end up, I feel like for some reason I always end up seeing it with like the head shake, like the no, (laughs) like they don't even say it out loud. They just kind of start to do the head shake of like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And I think, I think that's so important. Even if you're not a coach, like if you're an athlete in the gym and like, you know, you you see the person next to you because we all suffer together. Like, I think it's so key at, like, those moments to just, like, speak some positivity over that person for them. Like, you are doing a good job. You're strong. You're fast. Like, and be specific. Like, I feel like, you know, learning to be specific with my athletes and the tasks that they're doing has made a big difference. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of athletes when they're like, I can't breathe. I'm like, you can breathe and you're doing good and you're all right. Like you're okay. You're fine. And then they're like, yeah, okay. I am. Okay. I am fine. Like sometimes you just need to be like their voice of reason in the middle of it.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I think that's good. And I think also, you know, for me, going back to your question of where does negative self-talk come from? Mm -hmm. I know for me, most of the time, it starts coming when I have unrealistic expectations, which that can sound like negative self-talk in, it's, in and of itself. But when I think, oh, man, I am going to absolutely uh, – we'll just say it's open, 19.4. Mm-hmm. I'm going to finish this workout today. Well, for me, that's not positive self-talk. That's an unrealistic expectation.
0: Right. So you're so, just setting yourself up for failure in a sense.
1: Exactly. So then I start a downward spiral versus, okay, I know that the odds of me finishing this are slim, but I know I can do well, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to do well. It's just a different mentality and it sets you up for success.
0: I think that's, you know, I think that's a really good point because I also hear a lot concerning, um, like people get really concerned with, uh, whether they're going to do a workout RX or not. Yeah. And I hear a lot of, well, definitely not going to get that RX or I'm not going to meet this, you know, because we, at the gym, we try and tell them like the intended goal of the workout. Yes. So they'll be like, well, I can't do this in 10 minutes. It's going to take me 25 if I do it RX. But I, I love that you just said that instead of stopping and being like, what, what is realistic for me with where I'm at? Because I think that would change their mentality from the get-go.
1: Right, exactly. And I think, I think that's so good because, you know, we can be guilty a lot of times of um, looking at Rx and thinking, well, that's the standard. And if I don't meet it, I'm a lesser athlete. Yes, um, yeah. But yeah. the truth is, you know, minus maybe a games-level athlete, you're never going to Rx every workout and honestly, nor should you really, yeah. um, you know, for me, there's just a few movements that hopefully someday I'll have well, uh, but for example, overhead squats for uh. me, uh, just because of my mobility and a shoulder issue, it's, it's just not an option. And so I could like get down on myself about that and be frustrated, but the truth is it's not really going to affect my fitness, whether I can overhead right. squat or not. Right. Uh, a power snatch is going to give me a great stimulus. Um, maybe not exactly the same as a squat snatch, but very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that that's my reality. That way, I can start encouraging myself in whatever's happening. Of okay, I can't RX today, but I'm still going to get a great workout in.
0: And I think I think that's so important too. Is also like what is what is your? And again, I talked about this last week, but I think it translates in translates into positive self-talk of like what is your goal as a person is your goal to get more fit and like be fit for life or are you trying to go to the games yeah right because I think like you said we have a lot of people that come in and they're like I I want to do this rx I got to do this rx but then if they don't or they can't they totally beat themselves up but then I look at them and I'm like you're just trying to get more fit you're trying to be fit for life so I can give you a killer workout that's going to accomplish that for you. And, and because there's an RX next to your name or not, that doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's a great goal to shoot for, you know, don't get me wrong on the other side. uh, I'd love to be able to do that, but I was talking with somebody in our gym today, even of, um, you know, I was, I was pretty down about uh, just my open performance in general this year. I'm quite a bit further down the leaderboard than I was last year. Um, but the truth is I'm just in a different season of life. I, uh, you know, just coaching, for example, means I'm not working out six times a a week, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm I'm maybe getting four, um, you know, things of that nature. And so really looking at it now, um, I would have been really happy going scaled in the entire open this year. And it would have been a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and, you know, probably would have done really, really well in that division. Um, but there was just that thing of, well,
0: <laughs> I gotta, gotta do UR it. it.
1: <laughs> um. So, yeah.
0: No, I I think that makes perfect sense. Um. I kind of the last thing I kind of want to pick your brain about is, and I know it sounds kind of cliche, but do you have any like tips or tricks, if you will? Because sometimes I feel like people are like, "How are you? Like, how are you so positive about it? Or how are you just so happy? Like, someone." Oh, it was for 19.2 mm-hmm. and they had taken like a burst shot of me and my squats and they were like, your face is so calm. Like you're, you're so like relaxed. You seem happy. And like people, people were like, how, like how, like I was dying and I was miserable. And for me, I've tried to just make it a skill. Like I've tried to just make positive self-talk a skill just like muscle-ups or pull-ups right that I have in my arsenal but if if you were to have somebody come up to you and be like Chris how do I how do I get there like what are some things I would do to help myself like build my mental game I mean because I feel like you're a great coach and you're surrounded by great coaches where you work what are some things that you would tell them
1: um I think before I would tell them anything, I would start setting them up as a coach for wins. So Mm. instead of saying, hey, here's the workout for the day, this is RX, this is scaled, Um, I'm going to go to that athlete specifically and say, hey, I think this is the workout you should do today, Uh, knowing that it's going to be challenging for them, but it's going to be a win, right? Um, Chris Hinshaw actually talks about this um, when he was training Matt Fraser, um, that He wants to do something that's going to be challenging, but isn't going to be a train wreck for him because then their confidence is built. So I think it's on us as coaches a lot, not only in the way we talk to our athletes, but especially our athletes that are starting out, setting them up for wins consistently, right? Yeah. Um, Because once they do that, you know, yes, they may be scaled, but they're finishing the workout. In the same time as maybe some of the members that have been there three years, four years, five years and are, you know, competing on some level or another, um, their confidence is automatically going to start to build. Um, And then going from there, for me, just on a a practical side of it, you know, we get to we get to work out. We get to do this. Right. Um, For me, CrossFit is my happy place, which I know is an oxymoron because. No, it's my um, happy place. It's miserable every time. Yeah. Um, but that's just, you know, I don't know. There's something fun to me about just dying, dying, leaving <laughs> yeah. everything on the floor and rolling around at the end of the workout and thinking that was it. Like, even if it was a train wreck of a workout, I gave everything I had. Um,
0: but isn't that, that's, I mean, sorry. it's fun but, for me. But isn't that part of you know like you said like building that confidence like I think for me CrossFit is something where when I do something like you said even if it was a train wreck like I'll finish and I'll be like you just did that yeah like like good job <laughs> like yeah. like you're you know like good on you like you're you're dying and, and you maybe left a piece of your soul on the floor but you did it
1: yeah definitely and so I think it's really you know as a coach, this is getting your members really well at that point, but being able to just be involved in their life and know, Mm -hmm. um, know what's going on and celebrate the wins in their life that are outside of the gym. Right. Um, And so it's, that's, that's where that positive attitude, positive self-talk comes from because at the end of the day, it's all going to be okay. Even Mm -hmm. if this workout is a train wreck, uh, you know, and I don't finish or, or whatever, I'm at least here, getting to move.
0: Right, right. And I think, I mean, I think you know, like I said, I I care about this podcast a lot. I guess because for me, like I, some people know this, some people don't. But I dealt with anxiety for forever, and and CrossFit was one of those things where I was like, if you can go in the gym and do this, why can't you go do this thing outside of the gym that? gives you anxiety and freaks you out to death like I remember the first time I did Murph Rx Mm. and like that was like a huge mental battle for me um because I hate wearing a vest because I feel like I'm gonna suffocate and die (laughs) Mm. but I I remember I did it and I finished it and it took me a really long time but it's funny because I remember for a long time like going out into the real world and being like well if you could do Murph You know, you can go take this exam or you can go, you know, you can go talk to these people or you can like I started comparing things to Murph, but it's funny because I had such like it just translated over to my regular life and then like developing that positive self-talk outside of the gym.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And I think, you know, a lot of people are like, well, why CrossFit? And, and for me, that's one of the biggest things is because I'm like, everything that happens in the gym, for me, somehow, I feel like I translate over into to real life, whether it's moving, right? Like if, you know, I can clean and jerk, and then I'm helping a friend move, well, let's clean this table and load it in your car. Yeah. Or if it's, like I said, that aspect of positive self-talk, like I just, I think it's such an important part of the ins and outs of the gym and then outside of the gym that, that I think, I think people just miss out on. Like, I don't think they realize like the power of it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think tying along with that, just going to that idea of positive self-talk or really you could start to get down to the line of uh, mental toughness, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's that thing of, um, <laughs> Just like in the gym, how do you get stronger? Well, you lift heavier weight. Right. How, how do you have more positive self-talk or how do you become more mentally tough? Well, you just put yourself deeper in a hole or you work a little harder or you bury yourself a little further in a workout. Yeah. And then, you know, you don't end up in the hospital at the end of it.
0: <laughs> You're okay. so you, realize,
1: you realize, oh, there's more in me. I can do more. And so... I think part of it really is an uncomfortable balance of let me see how far I can actually go, how far I can push myself. Cause when you do it once, you know, you can do it twice. And when you've done it twice, it's a skill you have. And then it's not an issue anymore.
0: That's, that's super true. And I, I think, you know, I, like, I just want to encourage like athletes listening in general that I, I feel like for me, like I just had to get there. Like, I remember it was like two years ago it was like two summers ago and uh there was like a really fit group that came and trained at the gym they're all fitter than me um but we would train together every day and I I still complain when I work out but I was the worst complainer like constant negative like just down on myself or complaining about the workout and they'd always like kind of make fun of me and I remember one day Because I was legit scared of, like, passing out or throwing up (laughs) at the end of a workout. Like, I was horribly afraid of it. Because they would always tell me, like, you could have gone harder. Like, you're so much faster than that. You're so much stronger than that. Like, I didn't necessarily believe in myself, but they believed in me. Yeah. And there was one workout I remember that had, like, 95-pound overhead squats. And I was like, there's no way. Like, I can't do it. But I I remember just being like, forget it. Like, I'm just going to try it. Like, really, what would happen if I just pushed it to the edge? And I remember I, I did well for me in the workout, but there was just this sudden, like, mental shift of, like, you didn't die. Yeah. Like, you thought you would or you thought you couldn't do it. And I remember I, like, quit complaining about workouts. And I remember the group I was working out with, they were like, something is different. Like, you're not the same person. And it's funny because I, I feel like I kind of had to repeat that process after having a baby. Yeah. But the breaking point for me was redoing 19.2. two. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, yeah, that's the squat clean one, right? Yep. Yeah. And I legitimately got done with that workout. Because I was like, I'm going to push it. Like, I can do it. I'm going to do it. And I remember I was, like, gagging for, like, 30 minutes afterwards. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't breathe. And I was kind of freaking out. But then I was fine. Yeah. And it, like, lit that fire under my butt. Like you said, where you're, like, if you dig a little deeper and you realize, like, you are okay, like, that's how you build. That's how you build it up. Because yeah. if, if I never would have tried it, if I never would have been, like, what can you really do? And what's the worst? Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Well, you, you might get sick. But that, I mean, that's it. Yeah. For me, right? Because I'm not, like, a games athlete. And I'm not training crazy. So I'm not going to get, like, rabdo, probably.
1: <laughs> right? Like, Pro- probably not.
0: Probably not. Like, let's be realistic. And that was a huge turning point. But I, it's funny because, I don't know, Maybe, maybe you know. Like, how do you, is that just something you think people have to come to on their own? Or do you think there's a way to help them like realize it and get there?
1: No, I think they just have to figure it out on their own. Yeah, I really do. It's just like, um, perfect example. Whenever somebody gets their first muscle up, you can coach them and coach them and coach them and coach them and give them pointers and give them pointers. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work. And then all of a sudden on one attempt, it works. Yeah. And then it's not an issue ever again for them.
0: Yeah. That's true.
1: Once they get one, they have them, you know? Yeah. And so it's just that realization of, oh, I can do that. Um, Yeah. I think that's how it works, honestly.
0: No. And I, I, because I've always been curious about that. Because sometimes I like, I want to help people get there, but then I'm like, I don't even know how. Because for me, like, I just had to do it myself. It was just a decision and like a, a state of mind that I had to put, be willing to put myself into. And then, and then I figured out, you know, how hard I can redline
1: and yeah, where absolutely. my
0: threshold is and, and that I really am going to be okay. But I feel like after that happened, a lot of things just fell in place.
1: Definitely. 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 I think, um, I think that is something every person's got to figure out on their own. And then, you know, as a coach, being encouraging, now obviously we don't want to ever push someone too far. Right. Um, which we won't, but you know, like you said, for me it's just thinking, well, the worst that's gonna happen to me in this workout is I'm gonna pass out. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Um, you know, which by the way, nineteen two was terrible. I almost did pass out. That was the worst <laughs> I have felt after a workout ever. Ever. Um, ever. I didn't do sixteen four, sixteen two, whatever it was, so I never did the original. I, I um, didn't either. But I remember getting done with that and saying to everybody in the gym, that's the worst workout I've ever done.
0: <laughs> yep. I, I And was I only made sure. it to
1: eight minutes. So
0: No, I was pretty sure I was gonna die. Like I was like, guys and people I kept I was like, Am I okay? <laughs> like i I've never had this happen And people yeah. were like, You're fine. <laughs> yeah you you just hit your red line welcome
1: <laughs> yeah
0: join the party yeah but That's good. I think cool uh is there I, I feel I'm pretty happy with everything we've with Is there anything you want to add to the subject or say or tell people or I don't know I feel like you have a wealth of knowledge
1: yeah I think um you know, I I don't talk a whole lot about the idea of positive self talk. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's just that idea of believing in yourself and being mentally tough, uh, which is great. And so I think people just need to realize that you're generally capable than a lot, capable of a lot more than you think you are. Um, so go for it.
0: No. And I love that. I think you know, I think you can I think a lot of people out there can tend to over analyze positive self talk and and I think it's a I think it's a great skill, but I think like you said it really comes down to believing in yourself and and then just like I think for me with my athletes just trying to be like even if it's as simple as like I can do it or I'm okay. Yeah. Yep. Like just instead of sitting there and saying, no, 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 no. Like, even if you just say yes, <laughs> simple, but effective. Yeah. Um, well, I, I just want to say thank you for hopping on the podcast with me and hanging with your little sister.
1: Oh, my pleasure.
0: For a while. But, um, but guys, this, this um, is really, truly one of my favorites. And like I said, if, If you're ever in Oklahoma, please go visit their gym. They have amazing, amazing coaches. And they're, you know, I learned so much when you came and guest coached at our gym. I remember being like, oh, he's a better coach than me. (laughs) Just because you've just learned so much and it's so cool. And I think it's cool that we get to do this together.
1: Absolutely. It's so Um, much fun.
0: But that being said, thank you to everyone out there that listened. Um, you can always email in questions. And if you email them in, uh, I'll even maybe wrote my brother into helping me answer. If you have questions on the subject of positive self-talk or anything we discussed, uh, that email is connect at CrossFit9110.com. And uh, we'll have another episode for you guys next week. But until then, thank you for listening. And, Chris, thank you so much for being on.
1: Absolutely. We'll see you guys later.
0: <laughs> Bye.